Circus of the Stars won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about 3 o'clock, three o'clock high. high. Right at 3 o'clock. Meow, meow, meow. Was that the, your Tangerine Dream soundtrack? Yes. <laughs> that, was that was amazing. That was version great. version of... Uh, Fistful of Dollars. Nice. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. That's, that's what it was. I knew it sounded familiar. I, yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. I need to watch that again. Yeah. Take yourself back <laughs> to 1987. Uh, March 29th, the World Wrestling Federation, which later became World Wrestling Entertainment, produces WrestleMania III for the Pontiac, uh, from the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. The event is particularly notable, notable for the record attendance of 93,173 people, the largest record audience for a live indoor sporting event in North America until 2010 when there was an NBA All-Star game and nobody cares. Mm, yeah, I mean, that was a lot of people. That's, yeah, that was back with like Hulk Hogan and yeah, that was back in the Andre heyday. the Giant, the real, Ultimate Warrior, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, April nineteenth, The Simpsons cartoon f- first appears as a series of shorts on the Tracy Ullman show. Woo! Yeah, and still running today. <laughs> yeah, and still great. All you naysayers, oh, all yeah. you people that don't watch it, I've seen every episode of The Simpsons, and it is still the funniest show on TV. I prove me wrong. I have missed a couple seasons. But I have access to all of them, and I think I'm going to do what you did a few years ago and watch all of them straight through. Yeah, well, see you in 2036. (laughs) (laughs) May 27th, a crowd of 800,000-plus packed shoulder-to-shoulder onto the Golden Gate Bridge, and its approaches for its 50th anniversary celebration. It abruptly collapsed, killing all... 800,000 800, plus. Victims. It was sad. Sad yeah, day, May 27th. Uh, October 9th, 3 o'clock high opens in 849 theaters nationwide on October 9th uh, and earned $1.5 million its opening weekend. That's to uh, signify that nobody went to see that movie when yeah, it came out. Yeah, it is really kind of sad. The, the Super movie, sad. The movie did not make its money back. Uh, the budget was about $5 million, and it made about $3.5 million. It was ahead of its time, baby. It was. It definitely was. Uh, so the origins of 3 O'Clock High, uh, it started with the high school experiences of Richard Christian Matheson and Tom Shalazi. Uh, Richard Christian Matheson name sounds familiar. Might sound familiar because his father, Richard Matheson, wrote pretty much everything you can think of. Yeah, he's your favorite writer. He is my favorite writer. <laughs> Thank you, Snivel Snivel. Um, he wrote "I Am Legend." He wrote "I Am Legend." He wrote "The Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman." Uh, he wrote "The House on Hyde Hill." Like he, the sultry bell of he, magical realm. He had such a long career that in the last 10 years of his life, no one knows this, he just wrote westerns. Yeah, well. Because <laughs> he could. He also helped uh, create Twilight Zone. He was one of the early Twilight Zone writers. Yes. But Richard Christian Matheson has had uh, quite a career himself. Uh, the the two, Tom Shalazi and Richard Christian Matheson, actually wrote together quite a bit uh, for the first like 20 years of their writing careers. They they were just writing partners. Yeah. They wrote an episode of Three's Company. Kaminakamadu. Yeah. Wrote three episodes of The Incredible Hulk. Okay. One of the greatest shows ever. Yes. I have an idea. Okay, okay, here you go, Hollywood. This is a freebie. <laughs> this is a freebie from me. You do a Hulk movie. You cast uh, Matt Damon as Bruce Banner. And when he turns into the Hulk, he's John Cena in oh, green makeup. Yeah. We do old We do old, do old style. We do the Freegno. <laughs> I'll get uh, Kevin Feig on the phone and see it's if genius, you can. It's genius, man. Can, yeah. It's genius. 
Matt Damon would be great as Bruce Banner. Yeah, and John Cena looks like a hulked out Matt he Damon. Does. You wouldn't even, all you gotta do is spray paint him green <laughs> and put him in some purple ripped up pants. You're welcome, Hollywood. Blackbuster. <laughs> They also wrote three episodes of Hardcastle and McCormick. Good. Hey, Great with show. our old pal yes. uh, from Cujo. Yes. Uh, his name I don't recall nope. at the moment. Uh, but the big thing, the big break they got was that they uh, kind of shepherded the A-Team. They wrote 23 episodes of the A-Team. I pity the fool um, who don't like the A-Team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that B.A. Baracus did not like to fly. <laughs> I always had a trick. It's true. You think that after like true. 23 tricks to get on a plane or a helicopter, he'd be wise. Oh, hey, how'd you get me on this plane? He just wakes up and he's <laughs> like, I'm flying again. Yeah. Oh, B.A. Oh. We'll, we'll eventually, we're eventually going to do uh, episodes about all these things. Yes. Um, yes, they will be covered. Yeah, so he went on to do Loose Cannons. Right. With... Which he, he wrote with his father, uh, yeah. Richard Matheson, and Bob Clark. Uh, you know, it's a fun one. It's Dan Aykroyd plays this cop that has, I think, DOD or he has multiple personality disorder. Oh, yeah. He yeah. has some trauma or something. And Gene Hackman's his partner. Yeah. And they got to – and so, you know, it was a showcase for Aykroyd to do all of his wacky characters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. for, yeah, you know, <laughs> Gene, <laughs> Gene Hackman Gene to Hackman just be just... mad all the time. But, uh, <laughs> Angry. But it, was, it wasn't a great movie, but it was an interesting movie. Yeah. Uh, the reason is because I, I love Bob Clark. Uh, he he did the original um, Black Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, which was a fantastic. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, the Christmas Story. He did both yes. of those, uh, two very <laughs> diametrically different movies. You will shoot your eye out. Uh, but but he directed Loose Cannons, and I love Bob Clark, so I had to mention him. Yeah. Well, uh, why don't you marry him? I d- uh, I don't think I can. I think he's dead. Well, <clears throat> I think actually him and his son died in a car accident. According to a certain show on A and E, you can marry a ghost. So. <laughs> Um, don't give up hope, baby. <laughs> uh, after he did Loose Cannons, he actually went on to do a bunch of Stephen King work. Uh, he he helped uh, Shepard in Nightmares and Dreamscapes, the anthology mm-hmm. on TNT, and he did uh, he wrote Big Driver, the yeah, uh, TV that, movie, which yeah. was pretty good. Uh-huh. I, it I was that was a good story. It's a story about a woman who is assaulted by yes. a man and then decides to go find him and yeah he's the big driver he has his big truck and she's looking for the truck yeah the the story uh the way that king wrote the story and her like after he kind of discards her in the ditch is some of the most harrowing like heartbreaking uh, oh yeah it's, it's just so good read it yeah it's so good uh matheson loved the idea of structuring three o'clock high around the six class periods like that was kind of his thing was mm-hmm. like hey it'll be easy to structure because you know it's essentially this happens right at the beginning and then we can figure out ways of essentially making six little mini stories well yeah i mean um, it's it's a good roadmap to progress the story right right uh the original script was actually called after school and was more of a john hughes style comedy yeah, it sounds like after school special. <laughs> it was more about uh, Jerry, uh, the main character. Jerry! Preparing to fight the bully yeah. rather than trying to get out of it. And it was actually the director who came in and said, no, no, yeah. let's, let's make him try to weasel his way out and, so and do whatever he can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seeing a good kid go bad. <laughs> the director was actually heavily influenced by Martin Scorsese's After Hours from 1985. Oh, 100%. Great, Great movie. movie. And it is, it really honestly is kind of i wouldn't say oh, yeah. a rip off no, but like it no it follows in the spirit it i it has that feel i don't think it's anything like it i mean you know it's just after hours is griffin duns yeah you know through the rabbit hole in soho new york yeah yeah you know meeting it's all these crazy movie. characters and going through this amazing adventure 
but it does have that same kind of uncomfortable feel to it. Yeah. You know, very dark. And it's got a Scorsese feel. Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, Scorsese. Scorsese. Uh, That director was Phil Joanu, who your name might not sound familiar, but during his career, he directed the documentary Rattle and Hum. And a lot of you probably have been pronouncing it Phil (laughs) Joanu. As I have been for the last 40 years. Yeah. Not, not knowing that it was Joanu. Yeah, I think it was kind of a English bastardization of, of the Joanu. I'm a, a Philly jo- Joanu. <laughs> he directed a bunch of videos for U2. Uh, the thing I know him from was he did the Punisher short, Dirty Laundry, with Tom Jane. Yeah. Which was by far the best Punisher thing that they've put on. Uh, maybe, maybe the Netflix show, but even then, eh. Um, I didn't see that. Not a big oh, fan really? of the, the... The lead. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of annoying. Uh, but he also did a, a movie called The Veil, which is on Netflix right now, a horror movie that uh, supposedly is pretty good. Yeah, it's it was... about this veil that a bride, every bride who puts this veil on sees her husband for who he really is, like a dirty, smelly, uh, complainy baby. And so <laughs> all these brides just, when they put the veil on, they grab the knife that you use to cut the cake and stabbing, 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 stabbing. <laughs> okay. It was written by Robert Ben Garant from the state of all people. Yes, that's uh, why it's so funny. And uh, it was originally supposed to be a, a found footage movie and they changed it, but it was... Thank God. I'm done with those. Yeah, oh no, 100%. I was done with those eight years ago. Uh, so Phil Joanu studied film at USC. He actually started at UCLA getting his undergrad uh, in theater and then he went to USC to study film. His award-winning last, or sorry, his award-winning short film, Last Chance Dance, caught the eye of Steven Spielberg because apparently Spielberg would just hang out at USC and watch student films and... Well, a lot of people <laughs> sent him his their student films. <laughs> no, I know. I just like to think like of Brett the idea Ratner, of him sulking in the corner. His, uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, he's also responsible for Brett Ratner, which Ugh. I'll never forgive oh, Spielberg God. for that. Uh, I have some Brett Ratner stories. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so he Spielberg asked him to direct two amazing stories. There was a show called Amazing Stories uh, back in 85. Yes. And guess who starred in the pilot of Amazing Stories? Uh, who? Casey Seismico. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Who plays lead? Yes. In I think Black it was a, um, like a World War II bombing that sounds thing. really familiar. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen. I know I watched it when Such I was a young, great show, but yeah. I, yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, so he directed two of these. One was called Santa 85 and The Doll. And he was only 23 at the time. Like, it's a huge get for him. But The Doll actually won John Lithgow, who started an Emmy. Uh, one of the five Emmys the show won was from uh, something that Phil Joanu directed. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so Spielberg asked him to direct Three O'Clock High. Uh, the script had gotten into Spielberg's hands, and he said, hey, this would be a great story for you, I'm guessing, because he was 23, uh, yeah. 24, or whatever. And said, hey, probably looking for something for him to do. This is low risk. It's not a huge budget film. Yeah. It's a great thing for him to cut his teeth on. Yeah. And it's and it's it definitely, like, I it, it, it wouldn't be what it was without Phil Jono. I think it would be a much different story. Uh, Spielberg really connected with the story. According to Richard Christian Matheson in meetings they had, um, Spielberg had a bully that, that beat him up a lot when he was in high school, and uh, middle school and high school. And the way that he got around that was when he got famous and started making movies, he cast the bully in one of his movies. And his name was Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Spielberg. Come here, I'm going to give you a knuckle sandwich. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> the, the irony of Richard Joannou directing this movie at 24 is that both uh, the leads, both leads, were actually older than They were 25, <laughs> both of them. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, it's an interesting, but at the same time, you know, they're from the same time. They're both Gen X kids. Like, they look young. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm yeah. saying his name right. Casey says Sismeco. 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 Yeah. 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 And uh, Tyson, uh, whose first name, Richard Tyson, whose first name I couldn't remember. Great um, name. Richard Tyson. Yeah. He's, he should have been much bigger star. He was basically Brad Pitt before Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah. He reminded yeah. me, of, Brad Pitt basically reminded me of him. They came, kind of yeah. came up at the exact same time. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. They were both kind of the sexy, sultry. He Wasn't he in a movie called Two Moon Junction? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. like the sexy movie with uh, <laughs> Sherilyn Finn. And, and, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know who was the second choice for? Uh, no, uh, for Jerry mm-hmm. rather than Casey? Yeah. It would have made a completely different film. Oh. Kirk Cameron. Really? Yes. Oh, and this is back when Kirk Cameron was very famous, but he wouldn't have been, he was too cool for school, you know? It's like, yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see him in the part. Yeah. I don't know if it would be good. No, 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 <laughs> nothing against Kirk Cameron. It. Kirk Cameron was a fun sitcom bad boy. He, yeah. He had that kind bad of, boy. <laughs> a sitcom bad <laughs> know, boy, know, you know, know, like Fonzie. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not bad, but you know, that's what it was like back then. He had a few movies. He had that switcheroo movie with Dudley Moore, yeah. like Father, like Son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. And also, uh, Corey Feldman was considered. Oh, really? Yeah. See, Feldman would have been good. Mm, still, again. Uh, although he would have to rein himself in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think they picked the perfect guy because Casey is so understated. Yeah. Yeah. And he is a great silent actor just his yeah. expressions his movements his just the way he carries himself in that movie yeah is just brilliant it's uh, richard tyson's the same way i oh yeah because the by far the best acting i've ever seen richard tyson do is at the end of that movie when he drops the money yes. on the desk and you see just a slight oh, a, flicker of a, a smile scintilla, a just a, and then he wanders away and i was yeah. like yes it was such it a was complex so bully character yeah it's not a it would be so easy to make him look a big dummy. Right, you. exactly. Go exactly. You touch me, I'm going to get you. But they made him really deep. Yeah. He's in the library reading of mice and men. Here's a weird little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Little extra extra for you to tell at your cocktail parties. <laughs> uh, a couple years later, Casey Zesmeko was in a production of Mice and Men playing George, directed by Gary Sinise of many movies. Ransom. Many movies, yeah. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, yeah. Who's actually, uh, he's a huge uh, philanthropist when it comes to the veterans and stuff. <laughs> you were going to say, he's a huge 3 o'clock high fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he actually might be. Uh, no, Gary yeah. Sinise is a, a remarkable human being yeah. that very few of us could live up to. No, f- uh, Forrest Gump, uh, in his research going into being the, the disabled veteran, oh, changed, yeah, changed his life. Completely. 100%. And nobody's, I'm not going to say nobody, but he has been an incredible advocate for yes. veterans and disabled yeah. veterans. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, so, not that I know him. No, but he's, but I, for all intents and purposes, he's a great does, guy. He does great work. So, I mean, you know. Uh, they added on uh, Aaron Spelling and Alan Greisman to produce the movie uh, as executive producers. Uh, Alan, Aaron Spelling, of course, of everything, everything. on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and and having a daughter that has, uh, yeah. Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling. Come yeah. on, man. I know two one no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan Greisman uh, produced Fletch in the Bucket List, uh, a couple of the movies that he did. They had some, between Spielberg and Spelling and Alan Greisman, they had some weight behind this movie. Yeah. Like, they they believed in this movie. Yeah, but they believed in a certain 
<laughs> way this movie should go. Yeah. Uh, which was more light, more Spielbergy, more Hughesy, John John Hughesy, and and that is not the way Phil Joanu wanted to go. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah, because he had to. They they end up shooting the movie in Ogden, Utah. Uh, Ogden, Utah is uh, about ten miles away from this Great Salt Lake. You know, I went uh, I went on spring break to Utah and to go skiing, mm-hmm. and we had to buy a license to drink. Really? Yeah. In oh, because it's crazy. It's Mormon a dry town. state. Or, yeah. Oh, dry. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was crazy. Good That's game. nuts. I've yeah. never been to Utah, so I... Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You know, I can understand why they're there. <laughs> but uh, And the people are... Um, Mormons people are, are the nicest yeah. people you'll ever meet. Yeah. It's not all Mormons, but a lot Mormons. Yeah. I'm, yes, yeah. the ones living in those compounds with <laughs> <laughs> their own police department and... That's for another day. Ogden Ogden only has about 60,000 people in it. Uh, it was also the Ogden Mall was where Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now video was shot. I think we're alone now. Uh, <laughs> Ogden is probably most famous or infamous for the Hi-Fi murders in 1974. Ooh, delicious. Uh, I'm not going to go into it oh. because it is not family friendly. Well, can we talk about it on the Stepdad Show? Yes. Ooh. Uh, we'll talk about it yeah. on the Stepdad Show. Yeah. Uh, the Ogden High School building is extremely iconic, and I'm guessing that's probably why they wanted to shoot there. Uh, all the establishing shots of this building are just incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the mounds in the background and everything. Uh, it's a filmmaker's dream. Uh, they also shot parts of The Sandlot and Con Air, and uh, it's currently the home of the Kevin Costner show Yellowstone. Yeah. I don't think anybody under 60 has seen that show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think I would disagree with you on that. <clears throat> uh, the movie was uh, shot. They hired Barry Sonnenfeld to do the cinematography. Oh, man. Barry Sonnenfeld is one of the greatest cinematographers ever. A hundred percent. I. The funny thing is, is I didn't see 3 O'Clock High in the theater. Mm-hmm. It escaped me. But I, like most everyone else. Like most everybody else. Uh, but I discovered it a couple of years later when I was managing a video store in college. Nice. I had seen Raising Arizona by then because that came out in 87 as well. Mm-hmm. Raising Arizona is one of my very favorite movies ever. It's hard for me to watch now because when I was in college, we got a tape of that and it was on the background. I must have seen that movie 7,284 wow. times. Yeah. Wow. But I can still watch it. Um, <laughs> so when I managed the store, I just would grab movies because everything was free. Mm-hmm. You know, I just grabbed tapes and I grabbed three o'clock high and that was a little three o'clock high <laughs> when I watched it with my roommates but uh man I, I was immediately the first shot grabbed me the first shot of him waking up the camera going in then the camera turning Tilting. with him and yeah. then the turning with the thing i was like this is like raising arizona little did i know yeah. same cinematographer greatest movement cinematographer oh, yeah. of all time he he and the Coen brothers and Sam Raimi all worked together mm-hmm. on the Evil Dead movies and on yeah. Raising Arizona and mm-hmm. Blood Simple and yeah. uh, Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing. And Sonnenfeld ended up becoming a director, did the uh, Men in Black movies. Yeah, and, the Adams uh, Family movies. The Adam, Adams Family movies. Great director. But I'm just so bummed that he stopped. It just sucks Yeah, when guys like him or Jan DeBand. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> stop shooting films and become directors not that they make i'm their films are great whatever awesome but i wish that they would just do one 
shooty and one directed. Yeah, one yeah, shooty, one directed. Yeah. Because I just I miss their talent. Yeah, same, same. Because uh, he also he also lends to throw Mama from the train, mm-hmm. big and misery. Yeah, like I just it, and thinking about it, it's like you you don't. You may not know his name, but when you think about those movies, they're all they all feel the same. Like, and they all but, have that, yeah. But he knows how to capture the feeling because misery, yeah, yeah. the way misery is shot, is Ugh. nothing like Raising Arizona or Three no, O'clock no. High. It's very subtle. It's very, it just, it drips with tension. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, man, it's he's just. A genius. That I, was that's uh, just the only word to describe. Misery was also in part uh, due to Rob Reiner who directed it. Sure, uh, sure. He also directed Stand by Me. Right, right. Yeah. But you but, have to have yes. a great lensman, as you yes. say, <laughs> a great cinematographer to shoot your film. It doesn't matter how what your vision is yeah. if you if the guy can't put the camera in the right place and, and pull that focus. Right, right. You're you're. You're screwed. Yeah. That was also one of my favorite shots in Three O'Clock High was the moment when he touches Buddy. Oh, yeah. And it's like the rack focus from when he slowly pulls his hand away Mm -hmm. knowing he screwed up so bad. Yeah. And they did a lot of really cool camera reveals of Buddy would show up and then he'd turn his head and you'd see his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The hiding behind. Yeah. And that really complicated shot in the gym where it starts on the cheerleader and then does that quick yeah, zoom yeah. into into uh, Jerry's face yeah. and then they start the scene it's just so it wasn't gimmicky no it all no. added to the tension and added to the fluidity of the film it gave a film that's there's not a lot of action going on per se yeah, yeah. but the ca- the camera gives you a sense of action it gives you a sense yes. of immediacy yes. of what's happening yes it, it turns this mundane day of school into an action film yeah it 100 100 percent. and and my absolute favorite shot i think from any movie ever with the kid about to pull the fire alarm and having the camera behind the fire alarm like literally being the fire alarm was yeah. so brilliant mm-hmm. i it you one frame tells you so much yeah pov shots are the Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great! And, and I agree with you. I I love the fact. Like I love the Men in Black movies. Well, I love the first movie. Uh, first and third. First and third. Yeah, the second's a little mess. Not as bad as you think when you go back and take. I it. haven't seen a long time, so. But I agree. I it makes me sad that he can't put all of his much like Jandabant uh, can't put all his energies into to just shooting a good movie. I wonder if it's really hard for them. To work with a cinematographer. Because I know Spielberg basically I, yeah. lights his own movies. Cinematographer right, right. is basically... And Sonnenfeld does, too. He doesn't He doesn't have DVs. Oh. No, he does his own thing, yeah. I'm assuming Jan de Bont does, too. I. It would be hard. I mean, I don't know. It's like a yeah. writer being asked to direct. You're not going to start directing other people's writing. So they hired uh, Tangerine Dream to do yeah. the soundtrack. Uh, the, the name probably doesn't sound familiar, but maybe kind of. It's... If essentially we, we would not have electronic music now if it wasn't for Tangerine. Oh yeah, they are the best. They did some amazing soundtracks. Yeah, they they uh, during the eighties they did over twenty soundtracks. Uh, they started in their late sixties, yeah. and uh, and it's it's weird. The group is weird because it was three guys originally, and then it ended up being every time somebody would leave, they would just replace them, and like eventually, yeah, yeah, except for the the lead guy. But when he passed in like two thousand five. 
another guy took over and the band's still happening. Yep. But they've had like 20 members and it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. But in the 80s, they did so many soundtracks like Thief and Legend and Risky, Risky Business. Business. Yeah, that was iconic. Uh, On the Train at oh, the End. Such a great soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're the. Uh, uh, seriously, such good electronic music. The, such good yeah. mood music. You yeah. Know? We listen to so many of their soundtracks. It's so great to just sit back and relax too. And uh, didn't they also do the soundtrack for GTA Five? They did. Yeah. They did. <laughs> so, which is fantastic. Good. It's such a great soundtrack. Uh, and yes. they did the soundtrack for Firestarter, which I have to mention because anytime Stephen King is brought up, I have to. I have to yeah, mention. definitely. But GTA Five, man, we probably heard days and days of that soundtrack. I yes. <laughs> we play I, a lot of GTA. Hundreds Five of hours of that soundtrack. Uh, Join if, us if you have. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you have, if you've never heard um, Tangerine Dream, think of the Stranger Things soundtrack, which was heavily inspired by <clears> Tangerine <throat> Dream. Yeah, but they admitted it. And Tangerine Dream actually did. Homage is the own, word they use when they rip off people. But Tangerine Dream actually did their own version of the Stranger, ooh, Stranger Things soundtrack because they acknowledged the yeah, fact. Yeah, they were like, here, were let's like, show you yeah. how to how to do it right. <laughs> You tangerine dreamers. Dream on, baby. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about casting. Casting. All right. Very interesting. It's always interesting to hear about the people that might have been and how the people that were became who they were in the movie. <laughs> that's casting. Yeah, that's that's casting. Uh, so we already talked about uh, Casey Sismeko uh, as Jerry Mitchell. You might have remembered him in uh, Back to the Future 1 and 2 as 3D, the guy always wearing yeah. the 3D glasses. Uh, he was also uh, in Stand By Me as Billy Tessio, uh, Vern the fat kid. Vern, what are you doing? Yeah. He was also in Young Guns. What? Oh, that's yeah. right. With, I, we talked about that. I mentioned oh, wow. this I, factoid I when we did the Stand By Me show, which was only, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, I literally block everything out as soon as we finish. I'm you, sorry. Man. I don't know, man. <laughs> he was fantastic. He he was great in this movie. He was... he was. He's no Kirk Cameron. Thank God for that. <laughs> uh, oh, Kirk Cameron. <clears throat> um, he... He embodied that that every the every man like they were extremely happy with getting him in as uh, Jerry Mitchell, which Jerry is a great Mitchell. name. Jerry Mitchell, Jerry. The great thing about Jerry is Jerry's not a nerd. There is no real stereotyping in this movie. Yeah, they have people in weird outfits, like the guy that is dressed like one of the the guardian <laughs> the red, angels. The red know? what the hell is yeah. that thing? Is he? Is he? A, the, yeah, he was a guardian. He's the angel, Utah yeah. chapter of the guardian <laughs> angels. Um. But yeah, I mean, these kids acted like kids. They didn't, yeah. you know. He was a he was a good kid, a good student, ran the store, but he wasn't picked on or a nerd or no, anything. No, he seemed generally well liked. Yeah, and... everybody kind of there was didn't seem like that kind of BS in this. No, no, and it's not. He he definitely like you know the the upper echelon of the popular kids probably yeah. didn't know who he was. He had his know? place. I mean, he was on the newspaper. Yeah. He was running the story, had a lot of responsibility, I, yeah. but but the cute girl, you know, when she finally noticed him, yeah. he was like, hubba hubba. <laughs> when she bought her paper and her pen, and, yeah. he's, and his smooth move was, you know, when you're laying in bed and you're writing in your pad, you, know, you won't run out, you won't have to shake the pen and run out of ink. And, and she says, I don't do homework in bed. Gulp. <laughs> 
That was, you know, from watching this, because I remember watching this. I didn't see it in the theater either, but I definitely saw it on Showtime or Cinemax or whatever. Yeah, most people. I remember watching it a lot, and that scene, and specifically the pin, the writing upside Mm -hmm. down, stuck with me for so long, because I was like, that's brilliant. Pins that can write upside down are brilliant. Yes, the astronaut pins, as they were called. They're very expensive. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't do homework in bed. (laughs) Uh, the buddy, buddy, the bully, the buddy, the, buddy, the bully was played by Richard Tyson oh, so in good. his film debut, his feature debut. You may remember him from, uh, he was in Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, bad guy. Uh, bad guy. He played bad guys a lot. Two um, Moon Junction, as I said. Two Moon Junction. As the hot, sexy guy, taking his shirt off a lot, smooch, smooch. <laughs> he was popular enough that I remember when I was sitting in the theater and saw There's Something About Mary and... The scene where yeah. he picks up the, the hitchhiker and they get arrested, and it was the detective. I was like, oh, my God, it's that guy. It's yeah. that guy. Yeah, he was great. He was so fantastic. It's always great yeah. to see people that you dig show up and stuff. Yeah. He had a long career. He he actually, apparently at one point in 1990, uh, he was playing Genghis Khan and uh, in a feature. And, yeah, I know. What? Yes, that look was exactly my thought. Well, guess what? They shot about two-thirds of it, and then the movie disappeared. <laughs> This has never been shown, never been seen. Rightly so. Uh, Which is odd, because that's something else that happened, something that happened with Phil Joannou, total side, to put a speed bump in. He was working on a movie in 1999 called Entropy, Mm. and they shot it, and they edited it. It was screened once, and then disappeared. And literally has never been seen. It's apparently just gone. I was like, oh. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Richard Tyson, in his uh, later years, these last couple of years, has had some problems. He got arrested twice in two weeks for public uh, intox and burglary. Yeah. Uh, just it gets sad. tough, man. Yeah. He's got to be in his 60s. Early 60s, yeah. 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 Hey, man, it's a rough ride. Hollywood will chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. You're on top one day, and then the next day you can't get a... You're on top one day, kid, and then the next day nobody's <laughs> calling you. They lose your number. No, but seriously, it is a really tough business. And you don't – even the, 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 these guys were stars in movies in the 80s and stuff. They were making millions of dollars. No, no. And that stuff doesn't last. And it gets tough. You, yeah. you get sad. You lose your fame. It's It's got to be tough to go from being the big guy to just another dude on the bus or whatever. You know, it's yeah. – it's, it's a tough run. It just makes me sad. Sure. It's like, oh, like I, I, Richard Tyson's amazing. Yeah. And like, he should still be working. He should still be doing something. He's a good age to play police captain. Yeah. Or... Yeah. He's, he needs to shift into his third act. Yeah. There's so, there's so much room for him, too, with so much streaming stuff and so many he's different. He's so good. Yeah. Like, he's so good. Well, who knows, man? Maybe he, maybe this will shake it up and he'll get on track and we'll see him so. in something so. on Netflix. <laughs> Cause he did not have very many lines in, in this movie, but man, he was fantastic. Well, he was a very interesting bully. He was crippled by his fear of being touched. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he was psychologically damaged, which is weird and interesting mm-hmm. because why? why? Yeah, he exactly. played football. So like they, cause the guy he fought, the football guy he fought, they played football against yeah. each other. So like there was a point where something happened. Yeah. Who knows? And, and whatever happened, he wants to be left alone. He just wants to be left he alone. He doesn't want people to know his business mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be touched. Exactly. And he's no dummy. One of my favorite parts oh, is after that. He's so, the thing that is great about this is that he isn't a dummy. And he's pretty much one step ahead yes. of Jerry every step <laughs> every of the time. way. Yeah, yeah. Jerry tries everything to get <laughs> – this is what's a beautiful – this is what I love about this movie. Because originally, in Spielberg's hands, 
Yeah. It was supposed to be, like you said, more of a John uh, Hughes, you know, yeah. get the getting ready for a fight. You know, we're going to train, yeah. and, then, yeah. and then we'll have this big fight at the end that'll be, you know, the triumphant. It's like Rocky, right? Yeah. It's exactly yeah. Rocky in high school. Boring. <laughs> so Joanu, Joanu, Joanu. decides, uh-uh, we're going to go a little Scorsese, and we're going to make it dark, and we're going to have this good kid go bad, and then eventually the bad kid go good. No. Oh. Because yeah, yeah. You know, at yeah. the end, yeah, buddy come, buddy. Oh, it's a great name too, Buddy Rydell. <laughs> buddy Rydell, Buddy yeah. Rydell, which just sounds like <laughs> sounds all American. Yeah, he said Buddy yeah. Rydell. Sounds like he should be hanging out with Archie and Jughead <laughs> and the gang. It's totally true. But yeah. he, it, it's it's. I love flip flops. I like it when they flippity dippity. Yeah, and things that you expect don't happen, and the things that you don't expect do happen. And right. watching Jerry. Just destroy himself oh out of fear, yeah. and I get it, man. Oh yeah, I I would do it. I this would do the same. Frightening. Do anything you can to get out. But he is a walking nightmare. He's like three times his size. Yes, and he's been held back because he's twenty five. <laughs> you know, and all these stories about stabbing and jabbing and jibbing, breaking somebody's neck. Yeah, um, but you know, he he finds the blade, puts it in the car, <sighs> screws up the engine. Yeah. Every step of the way, he's ahead. But when he cheats off of Jerry. And then they go into the principal, and then Jerry <laughs> is always angling. Uh, buddy, yeah, Jerry. Jerry is always angling to get out of yeah. the fight. Yeah, he's like, I did it. I was the one cheating. And he's like, All right, sir. All right, Jerry. If uh, Buddy can do the, if Buddy can do these two <laughs> equations, then I'll know you're not lying. And so Buddy gets up there and blocking it. And you think he's going to like draw a dick or something. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that's what I yeah. was thinking. He's going to draw like a dick or, he's right or a hand, you, or, you know, yeah, flipping yeah. you off, flipping the bird. <laughs> but he does the he does the work perfectly and and just looks at Jerry is like, you son of a bitch. I'm always <laughs> one step ahead of you, boy. And we're fighting. And when he comes up to him, yeah. he's like, hey, man, I thought we were kind of like a team back there and blah, blah, blah. Trying, trying to make it best yeah. friends. Trying to make the enemies yeah, become friends. Yeah, exactly, which is my favorite thing. Yeah. But I didn't want it in this. No. I didn't no. want my favorite thing in this. That's how great this movie is. <laughs> Jerry, you just don't get it. There is nothing you can say or do that is going to stop me from beating you to death. You know? It's yeah. like you can't unless, stop this fight. Unless you have $350. Exactly, because everybody can be paid off. <laughs> Everybody's got a like, price. Whatever. 350 yeah. was his price. But, but he, the disdain... On his face oh, yeah, when he yeah. takes that That's, money. Again, Richard Tyson and the acting. And yeah, like, it's, just, he's, it's like he's disappointed in him. shame, yeah, yeah. 100%. It's like, To dude. the point where Jerry is changes his mind. He's got to do the fight yeah, because to, yeah. the feeling of shame. Because yeah. he's like, you didn't even try. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so ah, brilliant. So brilliant. You are the biggest <laughs> poo that I've ever dealt with. You know, just, oh, man. It's so good. So good. Sometimes you need a reminder to be who you always were. Right. And the great thing is, oh, and then the fight, man, the fight. So <laughs> he makes his choice. I want my money back. Non-refundable. Yeah. We're going to have that fight. So well, he's determined. Get Jerry's that money back. Determined. Yeah. yeah. It's not even about the money anymore. No. It's no. just about. I gotta do this. This is a rite of passage, man. Yeah, you He's might kick my battle. ass. Yeah, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do what I can because I can't live with myself. Right. If for the rest of his life, it would be eating him alive. Oh yeah. In yeah. the '80s, you know, now people don't fight because it's stupid. But <laughs> but back then, man, it would eat him alive. He'd be this balding, 
chubby guy at the bar, divorced, kids hate him, and he's just like, if oh. I just want to fuck Buddy Rydell, man, everything would have been different. And then Jim Belushi shows up and says, as Mr. Destiny and says, I can change your life forever, and that's another <laughs> 80s movie. But anyway, seriously, I just love the fact that he makes that choice, right? And then the fight. Yeah. Oh, baby. So it's such a buildup to this fight. And the crowd shots and the crane shots. Yeah. And just the movement. And it's so crazy. So, so many kids. Many kids. And those were all high school, local high school oh, kids. Oh, yeah. And there were in the windows. Yes. And like just everywhere. It, literally it everybody. Mad Max, everybody baby. in town was there. Yeah. You were under 18. You were there to watch this guy get the shit oh, kicked it's out. It's so of great. And they face off. And then here comes the principal. Ah, you're going to stop this. Get back to class. And John P. Ryan. Oh, God. I love him. He was so He's, great. Yeah, I totally forgot that was him. I yeah. when I looked it up, like he's such a good actor. He was in like Dirty um, Harry yeah, and stuff. He was Yeah, yeah. He did a lot of like he was so phenomenal. Clint Eastwood stuff. And it was always kind of like, hey, he's always sweaty and tense. <laughs> yes, always the yeah. sweat. And he's always yelling about something. Uh, You're not gonna get me, Dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> he just had this look. Uh, he was frantic all the time. Frantic. He again. You know, you have the caricatures of the, like, the, you know, Gestapo uh, security guys, which Who is great. Who literally has books on his desk, Nazi war yes, crimes. exactly. <laughs> and, but, but the principal, or Dean, I'm not sure. Let's just the, say principal. I, the principal. It's, it's America. Yeah. Um, well, I th- technically, the principal is John P. Ryan. I think the other guy, the Nazi guy, was the Dean of yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But John P. Ryan, his character, too... He wasn't predictable at the end mm-hmm. when oh, one of my favorite actors, Philip uh, Baker Hall. Philip Baker Hall, yeah. Mm, I love him in. so much. All right, Terry, come with me. And and uh, the principal comes up and says, not today, detective. I think he's been through enough today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and just because he knows, tomorrow. he gets it, man. He yeah. doesn't, he's not an a-hole. He's a human being, and he understands all this. Even though he got knocked yeah, out. Yeah, he did, did get punched in the face. So. <laughs> the greatest is when Jerry's about to knock him out. He wakes up for like one second. He's like, don't screw this up, Mitchell. <laughs> and uh, oh, so the fight, right? So, again, principal comes up here. We're going to stop this. Can't do it. Buddy, bam, pops the principal oh in the God. face. Punches knocks him out. the principal in the face. Oh, my goodness. So we're getting at it. They're starting to start. Hoop, 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 hoop. Here comes the security guys. Uh, uh, Mitch Pileggi, which is Mitch mm, Pileggi, such a great. <laughs> you would know from the X Files. Oh, <laughs> Skinner on the X Files, yeah. God, he's this, so great, and he's, he's got like, like that weird golf ball in his mouth. Yeah, it must be Chew or something. But he's got this weird thing in his mouth, and he just—he looks like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. he is so bizarre. Uh, <laughs> his scenes are amazing. When he comes in, and he gets popped. Oh, knocked just immediately out, immediately, and knocked then. Out. Uh, the Nazi Joe <laughs> the is like, ooh, he <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna go turns now. and runs. And so then the fight is on. Pop, pop. You know, Jerry's getting it. And then Jerry, he gets a punch in. And yeah. the look on Buddy Rydell's face so when brilliant. he gets popped and bleeds his own mother effing blood <laughs> is it's just shock. And it's oh, it's on. So we got the brass knuckles coming out. Oh, he and, has to now, yeah. Yeah, and just such, such great... Well, it, was, it was even after... This is the thing that I was like, oh, okay. Because he... Buddy hits him and not essentially into the down and down. Yeah. And then he pulls out... But Jerry's not getting up. Buddy pulls out the brass knuckles in. I was like, oh, dude, man. This is this is a little much. Gotta take him out. A little Gotta much. Gotta show him. 
got to show him there's consequences. He hit Jerry in the face with brass knuckles. He would be dead. Yeah. Well, and then Jerry's buddy... Who? What happens is Jerry gets assigned the story at the beginning because he works for the newspaper. <laughs> the newspaper, yeah, and or newspaper. He gets class, assigned yeah. a story to do a, a, a puff piece on the new kid, yeah, Buddy Bradell. And so he basically in the bathroom touches Buddy, and then the fight is on. Yeah, and through the course of the day, his friendships are tested. Jerry's, you know, and and he yeah. ends up blaming his buddy because he he the, well, the, being the impetus of this. Yeah, and yeah, they have a big yeah. falling out, and then out of nowhere. Jerry's like, little buddy. Like Spider-Man. <laughs> he comes jumping on his back. I mean, Buddy just tosses him off like he's a stuffed oh, he animal. Got him, he got one of the nuts. Oh, yes. Oh, hurt. Oh, one of the greatest, hurt. most hurt, absolute painful nut shots in cinema oh, history. Yeah. It just... But he took it. He, he took, took it, it, man. Because he knew it would help Jerry. Oh, but he never was able to father children <laughs> after that. He, he was the guy in the bar. Like, I shouldn't have done... Damn it. Look at my buddy. Mitchell went on to, to, to be a, a software engineer and start this computer business. I never could have kids because my nuts got smashed by Buddy Rodell. <laughs> oh, damn. Give me another scotch. <laughs> Not a lot of bright futures. No, no. And then, and then his love interest. Uh, he was, that, the one part that was really weird was this bonding yeah. part between the two of them that was never really explained. Like she has a, a spiritual in the, guy. In the store? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has a spiritual guide, and and I think she was using this guide as kind of a excuse to have a little doodly doodly with Jerry. Yeah, yeah. I think she was into Jerry, and she was trying to figure out a way to. Or because when they kissed, it was so magical that they mm-hmm. didn't want to just have sex, right? You know, to join right. the thing. So it it made it more important, which is cute. Um, <laughs> but she comes and is like blah 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 blah, and buddy <laughs> buddy grabs her by the face. And shoves her. Oh my god! I into again. The crowd. I was like, dude, a little much, but it's Buddy Rydell. Yeah. Like, it, all those stories, maybe they're true. Look, they're standing in the way of Buddy doing his job, and his job is Jerry Mitchell. He's got to work that anger yeah. out on Jerry. And Mitchell. so, during the melee and the bloopity bloop, <laughs> the uh, brass knuckles. Yeah. They go scooching across the, the yeah, asphalt. because the friend Spider-Man's under his back. Yeah. And Jerry's little sister. She sees him. Yeah. And she gives him the eye. Jerry. <laughs> eye signals. Jerry, get the, get the BNs. Or BKs, sorry. The B- his <laughs> knuckles is with a K. BKs. <laughs> My knuckles are with an N. I don't know what you're talking about. So, so he gets him and deftly hides them behind his back. Uh, and... Well, the yeah. shot of Buddy coming to punch him, yeah, is freaking Jaws, dude. It's horrible. It's so it's, scary. It him coming, going to knock his head punch, off. You know yeah. that performance again. Such a great actor comes in, whew, misses, and then takes a right. Shot. I thought he was going to hit him in the side of the head, but yep. man, right in the nose. And then the pop, the look, and the drop. The, the, the utter surprise. So great. So yeah. great. And again, such a good fight, shot so well, and without losing the ridiculousness of a high school fight. Right, right. You know, it's right. like, it has all those like stupid... Well, I would say it is really interesting that by the end of the fight, Buddy Rydell has knocked out like six adults. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, yes, it's stylized. And it's not like every year. Look, man, every time in the 80s that I got into a fight, I popped at least six teachers. That's just how it goes, baby. It was the Thunderdome. No, but I mean, what I mean is, yes, it was very stylized and yeah. it was very over the of top. Course, but it didn't course. lose the essence of a high school fight, which is the students cheering and, and the tides turning and yeah. just the way that people react to this kind of stuff was just amazing. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I've witnessed fights in, in high school. And a good buddy of mine, actually, I used to hang out with my brother and his high school friends. And we were all eight, all grades. And there was this, this, like, mechanic. He didn't really fit in with us. My brother was a skater, and I kind of hung out with him and latched on. They eventually, my buddy Chad and him got in this fight. And I've never been that close to a fight before. And watched Chad break his hand on the guy's face. Oh, man. Yeah. And I, it was exactly, literally, the crowd gave them just enough room to be able to fight. And I yeah. was like, it's like a movie. This is yeah. like a movie. So, fight's over, right? Yeah. Boom. Just like every good horror movie, Buddy Rydell is gone. He the body has disappeared. He's, he's not there. He's still alive. Well, he's... of course he's still alive. <laughs> so he disappears. You know, we get the cool moment with the principal... I think this boy's had enough today, and yeah. we think God, it's you, over. You do John P. Ryan really well. Ah, I love John P. Ryan, man. I love the, I'm going to do, do a really one-man well. show with John P. Ryan. You do that really well. Um, that thank good. you. Appreciate it. I've yeah. studied John P. Ryan <laughs> for decades. And then you got the next day. And the next day, the detective's coming back, baby. It, it, he didn't the, yeah. squash that. He just said, no, no. He's he had said, enough for today. You can see him tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So, Jerry, he's going down. Yeah, he knows. He's, you can see it in his face. Casey yeah. Sismeco, such a good acting yep. performance. Just the resignation. Yes, of, uh, but he, he's like, hey, I deserve it, baby. I got my comeuppance. I got to take my lumps. Yeah. Because I did the dumps. It's kind of a damn it, see. <laughs> you got to take the lumps when you make the dumps. Um, so, <laughs> so then the people, the kids, this is what I love about these movies. Because the kids were cool, man. They weren't jerks. Yeah, no. They weren't they, jerks. They come in and he's like, hey, I. Great job yesterday, Jerry. I need just one piece of paper. That's a dollar, right, Jerry? And Jerry's like, no, it's... Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's just giving him money and yeah. and trying to... Because they know. They're just like, hey, Jerry, you did it, baby. You stood up for all of us yeah. when you stood up to Buddy. Yeah, yeah. And he, he... David slayed Goliath. Yes. And so he's getting all this money. And then... The kid's part. Oh, yeah. In steps Buddy Rydell. He's, he's literally a head taller than everyone. Bruised. <laughs> Pissed. Black eyes, Wearing the yeah. same exact clothes as he was yesterday. Probably stinks. A little stinky. And he comes walking up. Fist clenched. Shaken. Getting up right into Jerry's face. I'm going to punch you, Jerry, for what you did to me. And then he opens up that fist. Now Trump's a wet, crumpled chunk of money, the three fifty that he gave, and like Adam said, one of the most amazing, uh, amazing looks I've ever seen in cinema. That so tiny, so brilliant, point zero 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 one percent of a smile, just enough that Buddy Rydell gives, which he's never given to anybody before. You know no. that that was like the hardest yes. thing that ever happened to him was that Cleek. he does not give respect easily. So then, no. my, my favorite thing comes true in the end. Enemies are going to become buddies. Because in yeah. my sequel <laughs> called... Uh, Four O'Clock High? 
Well, I was gonna <laughs> yes. Okay, let's do four o'clock. <laughs> what were you gonna say? You... In my sequel, three o'clock higher. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the 80s and that's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, Buddy and Jerry go on a road trip together before college, before Jerry goes to college, because Buddy's not going Buddy's to college. Not going to college no. Or so you think. Oh. Because during this road trip, Jerry convinces him to come to college with him because he's so smart. He's yeah. kind of like a, a goodwill hunting kind of guy. Yeah, I was just going to say. Super smart. Like so, you know, they have adventures. And there's some conflict between them, and there's another fight. Yeah. And this time, Jerry loses because he should have lost because Jerry is the bully at this point. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So they separate, and they're in, like, Guam or someplace on their road trip. They drove to Guam. They drove to to Guam. (laughs) Ogden, Utah, to Guam. (laughs) And so then... uh, Buddy gets kidnapped by Guam revolutionaries. Wow. The Guam, the Guamerts, the Guamlins, the Guamlins is what they call themselves. Can we we change it from Guam to something else? No, it's the Guamlins. (laughs) Hey man, it's the eighties. It was very tumultuous in Guam. He gets kidnapped by the- Was it? Yes. He gets, I was there, baby. I was there. I know that. You were the leader of the Guamets. I was, I led the Guamlins. The Guamlins. Oh, sorry. The Guamets was a different revolutionary group. Yes. That was from the 50s. Keep up. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. So, Buddy Rydell, captured by the Guamlins. Jerry has to go with their monkey friend that they made in their adventures and the love interest. And they have to go rescue him from the Guamlins, which they do. And... Not only that, but they end the revolution and save Guam and make it into a democracy with McDonald's and stuff. And then they decide that they're not going to go to college. They're going to stay and be the leaders of Guam with their monkey buddy and their love interests. And you find out through the course, but he's gay. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, he, would, that brings it back. Yeah. And the, he falls in love with the Guamlins. A revolutionary leader's son who doesn't really want to do the revolution. He's more about, he wants to make his model trains. That's his passion. I, I just have one one problem with your sequel idea. Okay, just one, but okay. Guam is a U.S. territory and has been since 1948. Okay, not in the 80s. There was this brief time, <laughs> a very brief time. That you don't remember. It could be totally wrong. When but Guam I'm pretty was sure taken Guam over was. by the Guamlins. <laughs> the Gu- oh, you're right. And I then, forgot. and then we got, and then this is how it gets back to I the, do, to I do the like, United States I do like the buddy territory being gay part. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, because he does, he does yeah. have some. Yeah, but that's three o'clock higher. Although, although I will say it was interesting mm. in three o'clock high how that question was asked twice. You know, when hey, can I talk to you? And both of them were the the, the big yes. Dudes. But as soon as he was like, no. They were just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like it was I never, mean, uh, look, you know. They throw around the F word uh, yeah. a lot in the 80s and in movies. Yeah. And it's, there's an interesting article uh, with uh, Matt Damon again. Our, our Bruce Banner. Damon our, our wish list Bruce Banner. Where he talks about his daughter wising him up to the word uh, and him retiring it. Mm-hmm. Because it's something that we all said back then. It's like yeah, yeah. it's like when everybody in in like the nineties and early two thousands said everything was gay. This is gay, that's gay, that's gay. Yeah, and then we're yeah. like, you know what, that's not cool. Yeah. And we stopped saying it. Yeah. We evolve. We stopped saying yeah. it. And I think a lot of that 
you know, was just part of the vernacular and not necessarily a hate slur. But it was also like a time when homophobia was insane. And it was that was, you know, what what was fueling all of these young men's (laughs) anger and insecurities or whatever. But anyway, yeah, I mean, that's three o'clock higher. Which, again, Hollywood. <laughs> well, Second thing I've gifted you today. Right. I've given you The Hulk with Matt Damon and John Cena. And I've given you Three O'Clock Higher, which has to be animated because, you know, or we have to do <laughs> de- de-aging. Puppets? We have to do de-aging on Casey Zizmeco. And we're going to revitalize uh, um, Richard, Tyson's, Richard career. Tyson's career. Boom. You're going to John is- Travolta Pulp Fiction him. 100%. Wow, okay. Where's Hollywood? Why is Hollywood not here right now? They're knocking. Oh. <laughs> well, that's good because we are almost out of time. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's pretty obvious that we both really love this movie. Oh, such uh, a good movie. It was one of those that I literally would watch like three times a week because it was yeah. just on TV all the time. Oh, and here's a little something. I think the statute of limitations has uh, run its course. But sometimes I would uh, steal movies from the video store that I no uh, yeah that I uh, managed, and this was one of them because it was another one that we would just pop on in the background at parties and stuff because yeah. it's just so visually yeah uh, you don't it's it's the movie after you see it a few times you don't have to listen to it to get it because it's mostly quiet mm-hmm. anyway yeah. yeah you know there's so much yeah atmosphere and ambience that's and, that's why casting the two leads were just incredible because they're both so they're good silent actors mm-hmm. exactly they they get so much emotion across with yeah. just their face and their eyes and, and their eyes yeah and their bodies it, too their body language is yeah. so especially Casey Sismico his body language is yeah. so perfect in that movie and and same with Richard too i mean he comes he even though he is a he hates being touched and all this stuff and mm-hmm. you know he's he puts on this armor of I'm a tough guy when he walks and stuff, but there's a something underneath that you could tell yeah. that he's just, he's aware that he's being watched. It's making him insecure and he's yeah. going the other way to fight that fear and insecurity, which is just so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny because Roger Ebert really did not like this movie when it came out. Yeah. A lot of people, did. but he really liked Richard Dyson sure. and the character. And he was like that you need to make more about this character. Cause he was so interesting. I think this movie got bad, a bad rap because people weren't ready for it because it did defy expectations. And it was different from other teen movies. Yeah. It was yeah. a, more of an adult teen movie, but it also like we talked about with fast times at Ridgemont high, even though this movie was very stylized, mm-hmm. uh, it still had truth in the center. It still had authenticity in the center of the kids yeah, and school yeah, and yeah. anxieties and the fears and the way they portrayed the adults where they were kind of some of them were very stereotypical, like the nurse yeah. who was large Marge, wasn't yes, she? Yes, yes. The yeah. nurse. Yeah. He, yeah. They all, you know, the adults didn't matter. They served the purpose as roadblocks. Right. You know, yeah. except for maybe the English teacher, which is such <laughs> a great moment with her. And do you know that in the, she says, uh, Turn the Screw, right? Turn the Screw. her favorite. Yeah. yeah. Have you read that? No. There's a great, there's a scene in Turn of the Screw mm-hmm. where the tutor is kissed by her student. Oh. And so it's very apt that he does that. that. He, yeah. That, that's, that, and that's and uh, when they first screened the film, that was the only scene that she was in. And the, everybody at the screening was like, we want to know what happened with the teacher. So they brought her and Casey back to shoot the nice. scene when she comes in and gives him and the kiss him at the, the end <laughs> to give it a little close yeah. 
Yeah, it's really funny that he was just this kind of like nerdy, semi-nerdy, like photojournal kid. Sure. And by the end of the, of the movie, he's got three women wanting him. Well, not only that, at the end of the movie, which is so brilliant, because the movie opens up with this tracking shot, and you hear all these mm-hmm. snippets of conversations talking about Buddy Rydell. Oh, right. I heard that he stabbed his teacher, yeah. and I heard that he broke this guy's back on the football field, and he hates to be touched. And we're getting, we're just so brilliant because we're getting all of his backstory third hand yeah. during the credits so we can get that all out of the way yeah. and just yeah. be scared of him. And it's a great shot. One of the kids is Lisa Simpson. Yeah, Yardley Smith. Yeah, who, uh, was also in it. The head chai, chi- whoa, chai, the head cheerleader. Speaking of Stephen King, she was also in Maximum Overdrive, directed by a coked-out Stephen King, <laughs> uh, which will definitely do a movie. Of. But uh, you get that all out of the way, and then it bookended at the end. Yeah. On those credits, is everybody talking about Jerry and like, and, and it and it's it builds because it goes from it being like, did you? Oh, he was. I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, he did this. And then they yeah. were like, oh my god, I heard that he's. Utterly evil. <laughs> like, well, it's just, like, what? It, it's just, yeah, it's the legend grows. Yeah. It's, it's like the Such game of telephone. The legend grows. Writing. Yes. Yeah. And it's perfectly bookended. And I get it's a challenging movie yeah. because it challenges all your perceptions. You, the, kid, the good it's, kid is the dark. bad kid. He's yeah. stealing money. He's planting. It's, it, it's really dark to the point where Steven Spielberg actually took his name off the movie. Yes, because he, he said, Phil, Phil Joe I knew. Or Phil, <laughs> is that how he yeah. said? Yeah. Phil Joe I knew. Where's Karate Kid? What he wanted was Karate Kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. Rocky. It's it, And Phil was like... That's not this. There is a Karate Kid yeah, called I, Karate yeah. Kid, Mr. Spielberg. <laughs> this is 3 o'clock high. Like it or lump it. And he lumped it. He, <laughs> he lumped did. the hell out of he it. He lumped it hard. And he, I think that's a mistake. I, it's such a great movie. And did his dumping. But it has become a really it's big It's been a cult huge hit. cult classic, yeah. yeah. There's so many little touches that I think yeah. people lost because the movie... Is different. It just didn't get the the support I think from the studio, and it and, no, it and it just zigged and zagged, and people weren't people liked stuff a certain way. There's a reason why there's a billion Avengers movies. Yeah. There's a reason why there's a billion movies that are the same. You know, there's a reason why there's two volcano movies that come out every year, and two <laughs> earthquake, you know, asteroid movies. Yes, yeah. because people just want safe old vanilla ice cream, lick lick lick. Yeah. But sometimes you get a crazy flavor, and People are like, this tastes really good. And then other people are like, I don't know, man. This tastes a lot different. There's so too many flavors. <laughs> <laughs> I but, don't like fun things. Yeah. But again, I 100% think that this movie was ahead of its time. Visually, uh, story-wise. Yeah. and It can be a little hard to find, but seek it out and yeah. uh, give it a watch. It is definitely worth your time. A great, great, great movie. And the last actual movie of our yes, summer our back, to back to school, school September. We'll be back next week with a for the stepdad show. Yeah, talk about our personal high school yeah <laughs> fun and, stories. And we're gonna see if Adam will talk a little bit more about the hi fi murders yes. instead of being so I, I will go into it. I will not go into it for long, but I will go into it. Right. And, and I'm gonna we'll hold you to that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Tune in again next week for something fun. So yeah, take a take a chance. We'll talk about it at the. Uh, on the Step Dad show. Take a chance. Take a chance. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Take a chance. Take a chance on murder, guys. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, Silver Spoons, already in progress.